0: recording in
1: progress (laughs) man it feels like it's been an eternity but uh here we are once again we are back in full effect welcome to hashtag uncensored the date of our recording is wednesday september the 27th yours truly solitaire dj right dj heavy emphasis on the dj part oh yeah DJ ready fox the last and, time we did a show was August. August, I know, August 9th. right? And and the youngest boss in charge, <laughs> no better Nina climbing that corporate ladder. Pretty soon she's gonna have like a a black card account, taking us out to lunch at uh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> taking us out to lunch at Soto Soto or some or some uh, highfalutin restaurant.
2: Ruth Chris. Hi guys.
1: Ah, y'all doing? Welcome back. Welcome back. I mean, we've been hanging out, but you know, welcome back. Let's uh, update. yeah, we had a bit
2: of a hiatus. Life yeah. was life in on us well, as it did, and my sure internet it. died on me
1: <laughs> a horrible death and,
2: and stuff. So that really uh postponed us for a while and stuff. But um, yeah, man, from when I came back from the camping trip, I forgot uh the cords oh, that I needed yeah. to record first that week and then my internet, the router here. Just died on me. I took...
0: forgot you went camping. Yeah,
2: the last time we went, or the last time. How many um...
0: days till you showered. What do you mean? <laughs> you can't shower. How
2: long did take you? Oh. Sho-
1: like, how long did you get to before you got to shower again? I guess for the
2: length of time we were there, I didn't shower. I obviously, which was uh, three days or two days. Oh, no. something like that.
0: Did you bring wet wipes or something? I would have to at least bring. No, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Have you never
2: been camping, Nina? Ever?
0: No, never will. I'm a city girl. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's fair okay it's fun you know
0: well i listen i was even born in vancouver so like if i'm born in vancouver that what doesn't the mean fuck anything. am i gonna do camping oh
2: okay <laughs> what does being born in vancouver have anything to do with camping
0: because people think people say vancouver is so like cool and nice and i'm sitting there like where are all the people what, when i landed in toronto it felt like i landed in new york nice (laughs) i could never go camping the the less population the more like it's just not for me
2: okay it's just not for you it's fun (laughs) love it good time
1: (laughs) <laughs> oh my goodness, oh, Ready Fox, how about you? What you've been up to, DJ Ready Fox? Oh, what's yeah. going you, on. You keep DJ emphasizing the
2: DJ thing. That's because I DJed again for the first time in three Ow! years.
1: Yes, wizard The
2: fir- the last time I DJed, I just DJed last weekend. Whatever. Um, what was it? Saturday or Friday? Friday night. I DJed nice. at Pravda. I was covering for um Aristotle. He hit me mm. up because he couldn't be there. He had to be somewhere else, so he needed someone to cover for him at Pravda. So he hit me up and I was like, oh, man, I don't think I could, I don't know. But he was like, it's it's really not that hard and all that mm. stuff. So I was like, okay, I'll do it kind of thing. And I'm glad I did because it was felt amazing to just do what I enjoy doing. So nice. that was good. I enjoyed it a lot. And um, yeah, yeah, it was good. So that was the first time. The last time I DJed was uh, February
0: 2020. Holy wow. Damn. That's good. Yeah. I, I, it was uh, and the it first felt- Friday of
2: February 2020 was the last time I DJed.
0: And did it feel like it felt good, like you were, like, returning back to something you I felt loved? like
2: myself again. Like, that's me, man. That's what I love doing. So I will nice. get back to DJing again, but it was just nice to get that reminder of what it felt like and all that. So it was good. It was fun. Nice. And it only, nice. not to say this is, like, it was good or bad or whatever, but I am such a lightweight now. <laughs> three, three drinks, and I was like, oh, my God.
1: <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I, Twisted. That just means you're a cheap drunk. That works out better for you. That's yeah, I,
2: I've become a cheap drunk now. So,
1: but yeah, it was good. Nice so, day. yeah.
2: But I will get back into DJing full-time eventually. But other things have to happen first before that can happen.
1: True, true indeed. True, indeed. Well, um, it's the end of summer, obviously. We're now well, well into fall. Have you acclimatized to this? Uh, I mean, today, the day that we're recording this, the actual, the breeze was blowing outside. I was like, whoo! i was like i feel the chills wait a
2: minute so nina did you guys win a championship in the soccer thing or what happened with that
0: so we made it to the finals like we did last year and we knew so this is a team that we have lost my team has we've only lost two games and it's to them both times um six nothing each time (laughs) and this team has has never lost a game all 14 games they won we made it to the finals um I scored, and my other teammates scored, and we're the only two people on our team to score on this team. But we lost 7-2, so we finished. 7-2. But I wasn't mad, because out of the 12 games I played this season, I scored a total of 10 goals. So I was like, that was my 10th one. So I was like, you know what? yeah, and you were patting yourself on the back on
2: social media, I saw.
0: Yeah, I sure did.
2: (laughs) She made sure the whole world knew this is how much I scored.
0: (laughs) Only because last year when I played this league, I think I only scored like six. And I played like 13 or 14 games.
2: So you're done this league now. Are you starting another one or?
0: Yeah, in three weeks. Me oh. and my sister will actually <coughs> be playing together on the same team. And we've never done that before. So it will be interesting.
2: So wait a minute, though. To, uh, you went to the Drake concert.
0: Oh, yeah, I did in Vancouver.
2: A lot so has much happened. of your
0: life you're skipping over here. I mean, <laughs> yeah, a lot has yeah. happened
2: since our last show, so we're just going to spend a little extra time just getting caught up here because yeah. I need to hear about this Drake show, unless you want to talk about it in music news.
0: I mean, we could do that. Yeah, we could do that. I
2: want to hear about it from your perspective. Right. I want to get the no better, No Better Review.
0: No Better Take.
2: No Better Take. Ah, no Better no Review perfect. of the Drake show. I don't even know what it's called.
0: It's called It's All a Blur Tour. Okay. But... Yeah, we could talk about that in music. And I did go to Vancouver, everybody, and I did not enjoy it. Five days there was enough for me. And I actually it didn't almost know. didn't happen
2: because of that snafu with the uh, stadium. Yeah,
0: yeah. I ended up staying six days and literally the fifth day, I was like, I want to go home. That man. thing affected
2: a lot. Well, obviously, everyone that had tickets for that show, you plan yeah. around that show. You know in advance you're going to that show. So when they cancel it, at the last minute. Yeah,
0: it screws everybody that's over. That's a
2: problem for a lot of but,
0: people. But yeah. I went to Vancouver and it was all I went for family really. Um I mean seeing the mountains when you drive is cool, I guess. I love it for that.
2: I love the it rest for of that. It, it's
0: just like it's just so like we went this the no traffic part is cool. Like we left to go downtown Vancouver at five PM and got there at five twenty five. If yeah. you do that in Toronto, you're not getting there till like six thirty. Yeah. So I mean that was cool. But um yeah, just soccer and.
2: I've always said Vancouver. the only other Canadian city that I could live in uh, after Toronto is Vancouver.
0: I couldn't. I after going there, I I would go there once I have a family, like, and I'm <laughs> older and I'm ready to just chill out. A like, nice place aunt. to retire,
2: so, basically, is well, what you're saying. The,
0: my aunt is born and raised in Toronto, right? And she moved there because her husband is from there. And they moved there and she even still, she's been there for three years now and she hates it. And she's like, she literally said that to me. She's like, I feel like this is a place you come when you're like retired or like, you know, if you have a family. But she's like, I'm still not adjusted to it. I'm Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I could never live here. I don't know how you did it.
2: Nice. Uh, I've liked it, but I've only been to Vancouver a couple of times. But the few times that I was there, loved it. Absolutely loved it.
1: I love Vancouver, man. Shout out to all my Vancouver connects. They yeah. hold it down out there. Yeah. It's a good time. I mean, there's not a lot of blacks. There's not a lot of Whoa, blacks out no. No, I
0: saw like four <laughs> the whole time I was there. No wonder when my baby cousin comes here, she's always staring at the black people, and I'm like, why is she doing that? <laughs> now I know <laughs> she never sees them.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot of blacks out there, but that's okay though. That's that's okay. There's still a good time. It's not a, you don't have to have, be around blacks only to have a good time. But blacks but are best Blacks are, are that's blacks are a good time, time though. That's we the are, best are a good time.
0: There's a lot of homeless people there, actually. There's a big homeless homeless
2: people everywhere. It's
0: no, 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 no. Like they even my uncle even said he's like there's a street called East Hastings and it's comparable to Skid Row. And I we drove by it and he's not kidding. It's really, really like when I came back here, I was like this. It makes it seem like there's no homeless people in Toronto. Yeah, like going there, I was like, holy shit, that's not good, crazy. Yeah, but yeah, that's it for me. Okay, so how have you been, Solly?
1: Uh, I've been alright. I, I, I've had an eventful uh, an eventful end of summer. Uh, I released my project as everybody knows. Dangerous Art is currently streaming right now. The response has been great. Uh, released the video for the theme song as well as uh, Fire Blaze featuring Rich Kid. Um, so that's playing on YouTube. You know, I've had the opportunity to tour. With Cardinal Official, we've done a number of shows. Is uh, he
2: recording a TV show with Maestro right now, or something? Or yes, filming? he
1: is actually at, at uh, as of this recording. He probably has already wrapped on shooting an episode for Maestro Fresh West. Shouts out to my big bro Maestro, who is doing a a, a cooking show out in uh out in nova scotia so uh he's out there to film an episode of that maestro chef west as he goes by now is that i that started love airing Evolution.
2: already or is I'm it an sure. online sure. thing where it's available for streaming or something i I, that, I didn't even know about it or hear about it until i was seeing cardi posting it in his stories yeah um yeah. and i was like well it looks like they're shooting an episode but i thought it was like for a tv show or something
1: uh, it might be. I, I think it might air like an on acted, TV.
2: scripted TV show per se. But uh, this is sounds more like of a like um what's that guy that passed away? Or,
1: oh, Anthony Bourdain. Yeah,
2: Anthony Bourdain. Oh. More in that vein of type of a show. From the sounds of it, I imagine.
1: Uh, you know, what, I'm not even going to pretend like I've seen it. I know okay. he's been doing it. Uh, I have not watched it yet. I believe it is on TV. I don't know if it's available nationally or if it's just on a local station out there but i of course i'm pretty sure that you can stream episodes online somewhere mm. but mm-hmm. we'll we'll follow up on that but i mean of course make sure you follow cardinal cardinal o is his tag on instagram if you want more information on that of course you can follow maestro fresh west maestro fresh west i <laughs> at maestro fresh west on instagram to find out more details about that but yeah yeah he's out there shooting an episode of maestro chef west you know expanding the brand outside of just music he's a he's a award-winning author now wrote he's been a an actor book. he was in a he's actor scripted he's doing, tv yeah.
2: show that's why i assumed it was another one of those type of shows
1: yeah but. yeah yeah man. So, yeah, other than that, so, yeah, I've been do- did a couple of shows with Cardinal, performed some of the new materials. So the summer uh was was uh the end of summer was really great you know and and yeah. now we're back to the fall um teaching a class at toronto metropolitan university
2: aka uh, formerly
1: formerly known as ryerson university yeah. um teaching an audio production course over there uh, for students who are learning how to start their own podcast so yeah you know it's uh now it's, have you it's told been, your students
2: about this podcast
1: I haven't had a chance to yet. I'm I'm kind of just getting to know the students, and uh, you know, shouts out to all of them. They have actually some of them have some really innovative and cool podcasts. Steal ideas. every
2: idea and bring it here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know, right? I'm literally mining the minds of these youth to see, okay, what you? Oh got? yeah, what okay. So, got? Yeah, that's what are you a good young idea for a podcast
2: about? next week? Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> no, of course, I would yeah. never do that. But there's a, they've got some some great ideas. And it's always good to kind of see uh, and feel that energy of young people who are just stepping into finding their own voice and creating their own podcast. And it's so, a
2: super growing, viable form of media, man. It's, so. It is.
1: It is. It is. Especially in this era where people are choosing to curate their own kind of podcast feeds and their own you know i think people are getting more
2: of their news now from podcasts than they're getting from actual news sources per se
1: that's a whole i mean
2: i wonder we can do a whole
1: episode on the effect of that because i i as much as people have this sentiment oh i don't trust mainstream media i think that's become ubiquitous now on from both sides of all from everybody across the entire political spectrum everybody is now saying more and more they don't trust mainstream media, they turn to alternate sources of their news and information. Do you, do I guys... personally, I'm a little concerned. I don't think that that is a great idea. What do you think about that?
2: The What's not a great idea, though?
1: That people are, are going to their own sources for news and information. You no, know,
2: it's a horrible idea. It oh, is. Okay. but I, you, <laughs> But you don't blame them, right?
1: I mean, what you say? I don't blame them. I think that people have forgotten the skill set of of uh, of discernment.
2: <laughs> this <clears throat> I is think, a whole I conversation <throat> we can have. Yeah, I know that
1: was going. That's really what I was going to say. We, honestly, we could do a whole episode on this.
2: There's, it's part of it. I believe it to be the influence from the states, unfortunately. That, yeah, that plays a big role in this in terms of people not trusting journalism and what they read in the news. And again, just overall, I feel like as a society, we've gotten dumber in terms of being able to read things and being able to suss out what our biases from what is factual stuff, what's mm-hmm. an editorial from what is actual news. Like, you can get the facts of a story without absorbing the editorialized bits that the writer is writing, right? But you can see it for what mm-hmm. it is, hopefully, if you can see it for what it is, you know what I mean? So yeah. I feel like we've lost that skill as a society as a whole, Money pumped into media in general has been an issue. Like, quick history lesson for, I'm sure most people know this, but once upon a time, news was not supposed to be sponsored. It was one hour of nonprofit time dedicated mm-hmm. to giving the news. So there was no influence in terms of outside, whatever, money coming in, influencing the type of stories you're going to report. And then that once they went away from that... That Mm -hmm. changed every... Especially in the States. But that was... it. The 6 o'clock news used to be... That was dedicated time for whatever the news corporation was that you were not making any money during that time. There were no ads being run during the news. And you were getting unfiltered facts about what was happening in the world. No left-wing or right-wing angle on anything or whatever. But once money got involved in media, especially, that's when it started to go downhill.
0: You know what's funny i don't know if you guys saw this yet my sister actually just sent me this and it kind of ties into what we're talking about but um entertainment tonight canada is is done doing the show because they said costs of producing a daily entertainment news magazine show in a challenging advertising environment has led us to this decision yeah so they're Mm -hmm. just done with the show
2: yeah yeah they're they're trying to compete now with people getting their news and entertainment on tiktok and instagram and stuff like that like they're the demographic i'm sure that's actually sitting down in front of a tv watching entertainment tonight is just getting older and older and smaller and smaller i'm assuming mm, yeah. i'm sure of it i bet dollars on that for sure so it's a tough yeah. environment to be in man when, when you're competing with the internet that's why newspapers are trying to figure out ways to and that's why it's important for what justin trudeau and the canadian government has done to try to force facebook meta instagram google and all of their hands to start ponying up some money towards the journalism for the use of their work like Mm. how like they're already getting billions in advertising off of the work of journalists and the journalists are not seeing that money and then the newspapers are dying because they can't compete with google but google doesn't want to pay any money towards the writers that they're using their work for get the fuck out of here for that shit man don't be mad at the canadian government because they're trying to do what's right by our canadian journalists
1: yeah but you know it's it's interesting too because that is this is also another like full <laughs> episode oh, we should probably like going... see if we can
2: yeah, yeah i know this is a long intro
1: <laughs> <laughs> we had a, we had a lot to catch up on but we should probably do, like see if we can find like a journalist or a writer to have because we, we could have a whole podcast on that because as much as the policy that uh the Trudeau government is trying to force the hand of google and facebook to pony up cash for using their news media outlets actually don't agree with the approach that the government is using okay. or the tactics that they're using they're saying that it's it's they're they're doing it in a way where they're kind of poking the they're poking the bear and it's not it's detrimental I, for the time being for i the can media. accept the
2: critique for that but at the same time do they have an alternative did they have no. a better way to do it
1: no, because hey, at I'm least not...
2: he's trying to do something. Would you prefer they do nothing?
1: Hey, I, I, I think that it's a very, very challenging situation, and uh, I don't know what the solution will end up looking like. But I, like, you know, like I said, that's that's a whole other. Full episode of a podcast we could use to discuss that because we're doomed, like I've been saying for the past since Stop we started hashtag way it. back when we are doomed because we cannot agree to disagree but compromise in the meantime. Oh, but, yeah,
2: that's one of my topics.
1: Yeah, all right. Well, listen, uh, let's get right to it since we've had quite a bit of banter off the top. As you know, we uh, haven't had an episode in a while, so we appreciate. Those of you who have continued to check and, of course, we have a bunch, a plethora of older episodes that you can go back and listen to. Yes, primarily we talk about current events, so there might be some uh, updates. It's still entertaining and you'll still enjoy listening to them. Well said, and I can leave it at that. So you can listen to previous (laughs) episodes of Hashtag Uncensored, but this is the first one we're doing in a little over a month. And on today's show, first segment, as per usual, we're going to be talking about the Scarborough SRT. Bye-bye-bye to the Scarborough (laughs) SIT. A little bit, (laughs) a little bit, uh, uh, you know, sooner than they expected. And we'll discuss why that happened. Uh, Amazon Prime Video is soon going to be putting ads during any of the programs that you stream during their video uh, for their video service. Is that a problem? Uh, It's an indication, yet another indication of the the issues that a lot of these big companies are trying to improve their revenue stream for for videos. Squeeze
2: every dollar out of the human people.
1: Right, exactly. <laughs> the human people, people. Uh, Metro Links for all my Toronto residents and GTA residents. Metro Links still cannot provide an opening date for the Eglinton Crosstown. It is now over thirteen years, three of which of those years are, are an extension or delays. Uh, it was supposed to originally be finished in approximately ten years. It was started in twenty ten or twenty eleven. Twenty eleven, and they... And there's still no end in sight. We'll discuss that if we get to it. This and has of been course... affecting
2: my life, by the I way. I bet.
1: Right. You're right there at Young and Eligible, so you know exactly what's going on. I this... think that's the last stretch of the underground tunnel that needs to be repaired. Bloody hell. And that's hell. affected the traffic on, on Young Street. Bloody and, and... hell.
2: This has been yeah. affecting my life.
1: <laughs> well, there's no relief in sight. So how about that? Mm. And last but not least, I hope we get to this because uh, this is a big political story and there's been a lot of fallout which continues to this day doug ford's greenbelt
2: do you really want to talk about it
1: i do i do because (laughs) it just it it is another yet another in the millions and millions of examples as to why people don't trust politicians and why we've kind of just really accepted that politicians just lie to our face don't
2: blame all politicians for doug ford being doug ford
1: no, I don't blame all politicians for Doug Ford, but all politicians have demonstrated that they lie. Bold face, bare face to our face. They Not lie. Not like this
2: guy. Not like this guy.
1: Well, we'll see. We'll discuss that. But that's all we'll be discussing in, during the as per usual segment to be determined segment. Reddy Fox is going to be discussing a class action lawsuit that's been filed over the Toronto police practice of carding. Carding rears its ugly head yet again. I might
2: not talk about that. We'll see. That's an we'll old story, but I still feel like it's something that should be. If it hasn't been discussed, it needs to be discussed more. But we'll see.
1: Yeah, As they say, if you those who do not learn from their history are doomed to repeat it. So we should make sure that we understand why the issue of carding is such a dangerous practice. <laughs> Uh, maybe we'll get to this article. Well, I guess this will be your first article. This will we'll start with an article written by Alex Mahan from Future Magazine. Future, Fortune, eh? magazine sorry, <laughs> Fortune Magazine. Sorry. Fortune Magazine. Sorry. It's okay. Which discusses why Gen Z can't seem to work with people with different views. The premise being Gen Z can't work alongside people with different views because they haven't got the skills to disagree, says the British TV boss. Ready doesn't agree, and we'll get to that point when he brings this section, this segment up. We ask the question: Is it wrong to not want to work with someone that holds different beliefs that you find problematic? I think I have a good sense of what your opinion is on this matter, Ready. But we'll I want to that. see
2: what you're going to say then.
1: <laughs> and and then we got music news. Usher is going to be performing at the 2024 Super Bowl. I personally think that that is going to be one of the greatest Super Bowl concerts ever because Usher is one of the greatest performers of our generation.
2: Guy, this is going to be electric.
1: Yeah, incredible. I cannot wait to see that. I think that was a great pick. So... Without further ado, let's just jump right into our first segment of the show, as per usual.
2: Now, hold on a sec. <sharp> do you want a time limit for this?
1: Yes, I do, because it keeps you got a me lot honest. on your
2: list here. You got a lot. No, but a you... lot. Of,
1: most, like, I mean, the, most of the some of the stuff is just really quick, just for kind of like highlights. Okay, go Not for really it. Whole discussions. The first one being TTC throws a goodbye party for the Scarborough RT. Uh, this was hastened after a derailment happened a few weeks ago and they decided, well, why wait? Why not just close it now on a low note?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't like this. Uh,
1: why? Because people
2: depended on it. People needed it.
1: Well, I mean they're replacing it. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a while before it, you know, it becomes in operation whatever this new whatever the new rail system that they're planning out there. But in the meantime and in between time it's gonna be uh living hell to trap to travel to Scarborough.
2: Nina, you never take transit, do you?
0: I used to, until I have got you a ever, car.
2: Have you ever? I still
0: no. Actually, to go to work now, because I work downtown, I take the GO train. I park at the GO station and take the GO train. You know,
2: that's the one part ever... of transit that I never use is the GO trains or GO buses. Right.
0: Sully, so, what were are going to say? Have, I ever, what?
1: have you ever used the Scarborough RT? Have I actually
0: have. Back in the day, when I used to be on the street team at Z1035, I would take the subway from I think Yorkdale. And then take it all the way around, and then hop onto the Scarborough one, and because I had to go to Scarborough Town Center once.
1: Wow! Yeah. And what do you remember? What do you remember about the Scarborough RT experience?
0: It was short, <laughs> and that's really it. I was young then too. What no, do you I, re- used to, I used to take transit a lot. I did. Mm.
1: Okay. What do you but, remember about Scarborough RT? What are your your favorite memories from traveling on the Scarborough? Okay, RT? that's
0: literally the only one I have.
1: No, no, oh, yeah, sorry. I meant to say, I was going to say, uh, ready, ready for I have no go zero
2: memories. I never used it.
1: You've never been on the Scarborough no, T? You never wow. went to check a girl and you had to go all no, the way to, no. to Kennedy and get on the Scarborough RT to go to Scarborough RT? Not T,
2: after it, it came, came into Center? existence. No. The furthest, like for me, Kennedy was always the furthest spot before wow. they added, but I never rid it after it came into existence.
1: Wow. But I still,
2: I, I still believe a lot of people probably depend on it and it's not a good look like we should be adding more uh lines not taking away lines that's for sure
1: well the plan is to replace it the plan is to replace it but i mean who knows how long that's going to take we'll get to that we'll get to that when we talk about the (laughs) MetroLink discussion but i remember i have i have a lot of memories taking the scarborough rt and funny enough at the time it was actually kind of a cool experience because it was a smaller train it was more built to be uh for local commuters to scarborough but it was one of those things in retrospect was probably very poor decision because what it, w- it didn't go far enough it was not it didn't have the capacity to handle a growing population in scarborough we're so, so far now, behind
2: on transit in general for the city so far behind. so far behind look to japan there's an the, the example <laughs> Well, to I mean a- it's
1: gonna take time. Toronto's still a young city relative to those to places like Japan and and you know some of the great great iconic cities around the world. So just to just to quickly wrap up on this, because uh we're already over time on this. So Toronto's public transfer uh transit provider bid farewell to one of its most iconic lines. Last Saturday, September the 23rd, they gave a good pi- goodbye party uh in the city, the trains. On the Scarborough RT served for almost 40 years. It was best known for its blue trains running on elevated tracks, and served millions of residents in the city for at least 38 years. And it was decommissioned last November. It was due to be condi- sorry, it was due to be decommissioned in November, but those plans were scrapped and moved up. When in July 24th. Uh, one of the cars from uh, their train derailed and separated <laughs> from the rest of the vehicle. We shouldn't laugh because people went to the hospital <laughs> and oh, they suffered oh, yeah. some mi- minor injuries. We
2: take back the laughs. I'm sorry.
1: So uh, we take that back. But um, yeah, so, uh, so goodbye Scarborough RT. Good riddance. Nina's though. still I think smiling though, time. everybody. Oh, wow. <laughs> Let's move on quickly to the next story because this is just another indication of what... Revenue looks like for streaming platforms in the future. You know, it started off with it being a very great convenience for consumers to stream and watch their shows on their schedule, on their time without, and uh, they would subscribe to Netflix. Or you have Amazon subscribe- Prime, right? Prime too. I do have Amazon Prime. Nina, do you have it? A- yeah. Okay. And one of the, obviously, one of the features that most watchers really appreciated was the fact that you could watch your shows without ads, which is what everybody hates. But guess what? Ads are coming. Ads are coming, especially to Amazon Prime Video, which will soon come with ads or a monthly charge to dodge them. They're going to be introducing their advertising platform to shows and movies starting early next year. This is also in line with other streaming platforms like Netflix and Disney. They have also added different tiers of subscriptions. Basically, the premise is if you don't want to see advertisements, you got to pay more. But I thought that's why we were paying for streaming services in the first place Mm -hmm. was so that we didn't have to watch ads. But, they're obviously looking for ways to bump up their revenue, which is why we don't like corporations because they like <laughs> to draw blood from a stone. Mm-hmm. So capitalism. Uh, other
2: that's huh? that's capitalism in a nutshell, drawing blood right. from a stone. That's capitalism, right. and so, environment and people be damned.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, not only is Amazon increasing or adding different tiers of subscriptions. Disney Plus will also begin charging $13.99 a month in the US if you want ad-free Disney starting in mid-October. Is that a So it's of- almost like they're creating the problem and the solution. So the right now there's no ads. So they're going to start putting ads <laughs> so that you, if you want to not see they're ads... They're
2: doubling up on their money is what they're doing. They're going to get the money from the advertisers plus they're going to get the money for the people that don't want... Wow. the ads in the first place but do you guys think these prices are fair like are they too expensive or is it reasonable for what you're getting for the price
1: uh not for me i'll tell you that because i don't i don't stream or watch enough programs on i mean i have amazon prime which is which is also kind of increasingly annoying because amazon video is included as a part of amazon prime so now, if I want to continue watching Amazon Prime and I don't want ads, which they're going to start adding,
2: how much, how much I got to pay
1: extra. I got to pay an extra fee. So according to their website, members of Amazon Prime would pay an additional two ninety nine a month, oh. and that's in the U.S. to Three. keep their service
2: to keep their service ad free. Three dollars. That's
1: not that bad. I mean, tell them, Nina.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Amazon Prime is really like their video service is like. Garbage. It is. It is. There's nothing. It's very rare that I go on it. I only pay for Amazon Prime to actually use it for the website and not the videos. Sometimes uh, I'll go and
2: getting it quickly, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Sometimes I'll go and and watch things depending on what's on there, but it's real. I don't. That's like the last. That's my last streaming service that I check.
1: Mm. Do you have
2: Netflix too, Nina? Yeah. Do you think it's worth the monthly fee that they're charged? What is it? 15 bucks now they're doing? 15.49? Oh, I don't pay that one. I just pay
0: the Prime one.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs>
1: Amazon Prime actually, ha- Amazon Video has some pretty good shows, though. They ha- they do have some, they have The Boys, they have yeah, uh the Boys is the wicked. Peripheral, which that. is another good show.
2: Peripheral and didn't do- turn out to be so good after all when it was all said and done.
1: It lost you my attention. Like, did- oh, well. That, lost- that, well, not, not, well, I don't know. Well, that's debatable. But they, they had some pretty good shows. They had some pretty good um, movies on there as well. So I don't know. I just hate
0: I, that it's not like, sorry, not to cut you off. No, but like no. Netflix, like you, you pay for your subscription. You have access to everything. I hate that with Amazon. It's like you have Amazon prime, what's included with prime, but then you got to pay extra for certain channels. Disney plus is the same thing. You have, yeah. you pay for Disney plus, you have access to everything. But I don't like that about Amazon where you got to pay for the separate channels. It's stupid.
1: That's I mean the same way that they cable providers try to you know reduce their cable packages so you can get a cheaper cable package basic cable but then you pay to add the premium channels it's right. it's all just you know these bean counters trying to find ways to add revenue streams at uh, at minimal or no cost to these uh, to these companies
2: if there was one company to rule them all <laughs> so you would only have to pay one lump sum for access Uh, to all of these services like netflix disney amazon would uh, you like what would be the number you'd be willing to pay just to have access to all of them monthly would you spend yeah would you spend like 120 would that be no that's too high
0: i would say like 40 bucks
2: 40 bucks are you crazy to have access to all of these streaming services Okay, we're
0: only talking about three, Netflix, Amazon. Okay, what Disney. are the
2: other ones? We can include them all, like HBO I said. HBO Max. Sure, whatever. Like okay, one, $10 one dollars each. Ten bucks each.
0: Yeah, no. think about it. They're getting millions of people. They can stop being so damn greedy.
1: <laughs> <What> capital? <laughs> well, they're gonna they're, they're gonna say that they need they they need uh, money for R and D, research and development. No, they they don't expenses. even bother. To, they don't try. All right, to,
0: fifty.
2: They don't sugarcoat that stuff anymore. They yo sh- shareholders. That's the only word they care about. Shareholders, profits. Yeah, so- that's uh, it.
0: I don't know when I, I don't know. I don't know how I'll watch TV when I move out. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh,
1: uh, for me, I pay for always...
0: Amazon Prime and that's it. And I don't even use it.
1: <laughs> I was going to say for me, there's there's definitely, I would binge occasionally, but on an average day, day over day basis, I don't watch that much shows to to that's really true. figure out what that monthly fee would be. Like I pay, I, I'm somebody that I pay for convenience, but that level of entertainment to have wh- however many shows is not really is not really that valuable to me. I'd rather just occasionally just pick up on, you know, one or two shows on YouTube to catch up or, you know, I have Amazon Prime, obviously I use that. And luckily, my brother has graciously shared his Netflix account, <laughs> so I think he pays extra to add me on because you have to pay now. You can't just share your password, so you have to add another user. So I have those – between those two and YouTube, I, I don't think I really need anything else. And then I have I have uh, streaming for, for sports for that. Like uh, I have an account with Bell for streaming for sports. but. Mm. Anyhow, so uh, just to end off that story for all you Amazon Prime Video users, content will start uh, airing ads in the UK, in the US, uh, Germany and Canada beginning early 2024. So if you don't want to pony up an extra $3, get ready to be skipping over some advertisements. Let's move on to this next story. We got a few more minutes left. Let's talk about this one because, I mean, this is another example. You know, on the one hand in the world, there's people who are can't afford to pay their rent. They can't, they're not getting paid a living wage from their jobs. And there's people who are, you know, but budgets are tight. And then there's Metro Lakes.
2: <laughs> the unlimited Metro budget, the never has, ending story. <laughs>
1: they, they have a license to print money. They've had a license to print money for the last 13 years with no end insight. I'm talking about Metrolinks, the company that is responsible for building the Eglinton crosstown subway and above ground rail system uh, that is really, really, I think when it's finally completed, will change midtown traffic, uptown traffic in a very great way for so many millions of people living across the, the Eglinton line. But the growing pain of Living through this construction has been a complete nightmare, and that nightmare continues. So at a new news conference this past Wednesday, September 27th, this is one year after missing its last completion date, Metrolink CEO Phil Verster said he cannot provide a reliable opening date for the Eglinton Crosstown LRT. Really, really new be? problems hold on hold on it gets better he said new problems are being discovered weekly
0: oh my god
2: weekly yeah
0: okay i have some insider information oh you do I,
1: I have a couple of i have a couple of insider oh, information too you guys so got you start off with yours you, you go okay, first
0: so once upon a time i was i was on um i think it was on hinge match this guy <laughs> did construction on the eglinton lrt he actually came from england and worked on the eglinton lrt but he told me he's like the organization of it and the way it was like organized was so poor he's like no wonder it's been so delayed and like he's speaking off his experience in england compared to here yeah and mm. he was like it's just little like what he he gets paid a ridiculous amount of money for mm. like literally mm. he'll just like like, test a door, and like the knob is broken. And instead of fixing it, he has to give it to somebody else to be like, Okay, go fix this. Like, it's just a, a extended process for no reason. Sounds like
2: and everyone's like, trying that's... to have hands in a pie. Yeah. And he's, as like, much this money is out why out it's taking a... yeah. so,
0: so long. And I was like, Oh, it's a criminal
2: nice. enterprise.
0: <laughs> yeah. Basically.
1: Well, that's, it sounds like we are getting
0: same we have different
1: sources that are giving the same information because that's pretty much what i've heard everybody that had that i that has come across working uh as a contractor on the metro links they're basically overcharging the company because the- their organization is so crazy that uh they, they will have basically have like three or four different contractors and the way construction sites work they, everything has to be done in sequence, right? The, the, you can't obviously put down the the railway tracks without the concrete being poured first. So they'll contract everybody. So the rail people who are, and I'm giving an example, obviously, this may, it may not necessarily make sense the way I'm talking about it. But essentially, the people who are coming to lay down the rails, show up with the rails, but the concrete isn't poured yet so they have to so they're but they're paid for the day so they have to wait yeah for the concrete guys to show up to pour the concrete so they're basically on their phones for the day
0: yeah that's literally what's how people are getting some people are actually getting paid to do nothing
1: so that's crazy so i mean there you go that's two different sources who are validating the exact same information and the yeah. last thing i heard the last inf- inside of information i heard which is what this to is apparently there is a sec there's a section of the tunnel that they've dug that is not big enough to accommodate the train height that they've oh designed for God. the tunnel. So they either have to redesign the trains, the trains to or, be smaller, or make the tunnel. Or they bigger. have to because the tunnel's done. They like you're talking about. You you talking about plumbing, you got to redesign You talk about electrical. They've like all of this, all of the the air ducts. So the tunnel is constructed, so they either have to rip all of that out, make the tunnel bigger, or they have to redesign the subway car just to make it smaller. And I this will is never where...
0: take this piece of transit just because of that information. <laughs> I feel like something bad will happen.
1: So it is messy. So the total cost of the 19-kilometer line now stands at $12.6 billion <sighs> and counting. Oh, Yikes. my God.
2: Five six billion dollars with a B,
1: and you when you, and when you hear the stories of the problems and the cost overruns and how they're just flagrantly just throwing money out the window by not being efficient with and, their coordinated effort. The efforts, fact that there's homeless people in the city, talk to me, Ready Fox. Talk to me. This is crazy. So construction on the blind began summer 2011 and was originally supposed to be open in 2020. It's been plagued by delays from day one. And of course, the pandemic didn't help at all. That resulted in labor and supply chain problems. And there's also been litigation between MetroLink's and cross-linked transit Solutions over this cost overruns. It's just crazy. Well, on a good note, though, the majority of the lane closures related to the construction of the line and digging up the holes in the ground are pretty much all done now so if you could drive along eglinton and the traffic is significantly improved except for right by where you live uh ready fox by <laughs> young and eglinton <laughs> there's a 400 mm. meter stretch there that that's that's not fully complete yet so
2: she's no shit no shit so,
1: so when these government say oh we got to cut back on money and there's not enough money for this and there's not enough money for that who believes these guys anymore? Yeah, when no, they're literally don't. just printing money and wasting money. So there's not there you enough have it.
2: kiss teat for all of this. Man. I know.
1: <laughs> we have to have that as a sound of it. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> last but not least, we want to butt oh, a butterfly. Oh, we fire. can
2: give them the, fa- the fail though.
0: There you go. There you go.
1: So with these last few minutes, I want to dedicate or devote this last few minutes to Doug. Oh, we can uh, play, let's
2: play that fail sound again.
1: <laughs> Doug Ford, aka the big fail, aka folks has uh stepped Maybe in. Maybe we should it call once him once the
2: apologist.
1: The apologist. <laughs> so Doug Ford recently stepped in it once again by reneging on one of his biggest party promises one of his biggest platform promises when he ran your license previous... plates
2: no that wasn't it <laughs> <No>. sorry um <laughs> buck a beer no that wasn't it what was <laughs> it what was it that he was doing hold on let me think oh uh, changing section the curriculum no hiring what?
1: his friend to be police oh be- nope that
2: wasn't it because he, had to, it? he no? had to apologize for that too what, uh, what else what was it i can't remember there's there's been so many apologies from this fucking guy <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, well, in his latest latest apology tour is for deciding to renege on his promise to not touch the Ontario's Green Belt. So, in November 22, 2022, after after having previously promised not to touch the Green Belt, Doug Ford government announced it's going to be removing 7,400 acres of land from the Green Belt and adding, quote-unquote, adding an additional 9,400 acres acres of land somewhere else. Now, the majority of the land that they were talking about adding to the Green Belt was already protected by other means. So this adding thing was obviously an attempt to deceive the Ontario uh, population for him to line his own pockets. And his friend's pockets. And his friend's pockets, which is not, you know, unlike Mr. Doug Ford. So as of September 24th, uh, sorry, September 21st, Doug Ford announced that he is reversing his decision on reversing his previous decision to open the Green Belt, calling the land removals a mistake. Mm -hmm. So for those of you who are wondering exactly what the Green Belt is, it is approximately 2 million acres worth of protected green space throughout Ontario's Greater Golden Horseshoe. This includes the Niagara Escarpment the Oak Ridges Moraine, and farmland, forests, and wetlands, and multiple river systems. It was established in 2005 to help manage urban sprawl, as well as ensuring that natural heritage and water resource systems are permanently protected. I think that was a valiant and valuable effort to do that for the environment. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, Ford's government decided that they wanted to remove some of this land from the green belt because they said it was necessary because the progressive conservatives pledged to build 1.5 million homes in 10 years. And in June 2022, the premier's office gave then housing minister Steve Clark a mandate. He said, we have to codify processes to swap, expand and 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 make contractions and policy updates for the green belt, whatever all of that gobbledygook uh, terminology means. But he also wanted a c- comprehensive plan to be created to expand and protect the green belt. All of this language that they use, and uh, just to deceive us all,
2: bamboozle just for the bamboozlement of it.
1: So after he announced that they were going to be, you know, repurposing some of the green belt, uh, the green belt land. Obviously, everybody who. He made this promise to not touch the green belt alarm, you know, red flags were raised and they issued a integrity commissioner issued a report to be done. And they found that the uh, housing minister Clark's office uh, basically basically said that uh, the the offered contractors. Uh, policies that would see 15 sites removed from the protected land, but the po- the lands that they chose to remove from the greenbelt was given to certain developers who had basically lobbied Ford's government to get access to this land. Yeah, so, right. I just wanted to highlight that story because it's just another indication. You know, we we mentioned this whole Metro Links, which are obviously tied to political decisions that were made by at the provincial at the municipal and at the federal level and now here we have yet another politician lying to us directly to our face and trying to make it seem this as is it's way worse
2: day. and insidious than the metro thing though
1: how so how do you find so
2: this is this was all shady underhand like nobody's been nobody's retired or nobody's quit their jobs there's no investigations needed for integrity for what's happening with the metro links like it's i it's, i think it's mostly incompetence and ineptitude as well there
1: has been there has been there has been a lot this of though kind of...
2: this greenbelt
1: stuff right well, here
2: this yeah. is different this is like shady behind door deals being done to yeah. enrich people that are already rich using housing as a shield to say that this is why like this is way worse than the metro links thing by what how many people have already Quit their jobs because they don't want to be investigated, like, <laughs> and they're yeah. still thinking about investigating it because of how shady and shitty it looks. Like, oh, you, absolutely.
1: I, so I think... with the metro with the Metro links, there there actually has been a lot of turnover of staff. Like the the Phil guy from Metro links, um, what's his name, um, Phil Vester? Verster. He's the latest. He, he's the latest CEO from Metro links. But uh, like, I think like two or three of them at least have retired over the years. But, you know, as far as with the green belt, so, you know, as to, you know, why the land was chosen, according to the province's Auditor General and the Integrity Commissioner, they found that there was a lack of supervision, lack of leadership, uh, and that is what led to certain developers who had ties to the housing ministry uh, gaining an advantage in the selection process. According to the Auditor General, 14 of the 15 sites that were chosen were handpicked, by the chief of staff for Clark's office uh Ryan Am- Amato so
2: did yeah, he's he's one of the people that uh resigned oh he resigned
1: oh yeah yeah he resigned he resigned so all of that has been reversed uh Doug Ford has apologized
2: so yeah, what he, it should be just the hands over wipe our hands bygones and that's it and let's not talk about it anymore is he that what he's caught- thinking it's supposed
1: to be Doug Ford said it's caused people to question our motives. <laughs> and as a first step to earn <laughs> and as as a first step to earn back our trust, he's going to be reversing the changes that he reversed. And he's not going to make any more changes to the green belt in the future. <laughs> I don't understand, man. We're doomed. Oh, We're doomed. Man.
2: Why did you We're guys doomed. vote for this guy, though? That's like why?
1: Yeah, he's Doug Ford, man. He's the big fail.
2: He's the big fail. That's the so perfect that's nickname all, for this guy.
1: That's all I have to report for this week's segment, this episode's uh segment of To Be Determined. Okay. And uh yeah, without further ado, I'll pass the floor over to you, Ready Fox, to take us through what you got planned for to be determined.
2: Okay, well, I'm just gonna keep it simple uh today because I don't know. We went pretty it's long not- already with our intro. We
1: did. And
2: all that he stuff. Did. So, I'm just going to power through this story, but it's older, but it's still important that I think people should know about it. And and there's not much for us to have a conversation about for this show or for this story cuz we're all going to agree and it's just going to be like, "Oh, it's just more police fuckery. What's new?" right? So, we'll mm-hmm. have an actual conversation on the back end here with the Gen Z stuff. But um this story, so uh there's a class action lawsuit that's been proposed over the Toronto police practice of carding so this class action lawsuit was launched i guess a couple of months ago now since um we had our hiatus over Toronto's historic use of carding now this girl by the name of Ian Farah she was the one that um led the lawsuit and carting is just basically the process where police stop individuals and collect personal information from you. And they just do it for no reason. And it was determined that they were being disproportionately picking black people when they just wanted to decide to just stop, quote unquote, random people to ask mm-hmm. them for their ID and where they're going and all that stuff. So this Ian Farah girl, she's, a, she's 38 years old. She's a Somali-Canadian, no criminal record whatsoever. So her lawsuit is saying she was sitting in public. This was in 2011. Sitting in public, whatever, police just came up to her and detained her allegedly because they thought she was hanging out with some gang members or something like that. She was like, I don't know who you're talking about. I don't know these people. But because that they they ran her information, they took her ID and all that stuff. She was working at Toronto Pearson and lost her clearance because her name got put through the system. So she was out of work while she was dealing with all of this pretty much traumatized her to the point where she didn't feel comfortable being outside anymore. She actually moved to the States because she didn't feel comfortable in Toronto because of the police. Can you Mm. imagine that? Someone that that's insane. So she had her uh, security clearance revoked from her job and that cost her all sorts of headaches and pain and she wasn't working for so long and all that stuff. So anyways, the lawsuit names the Toronto police services board the current police chief uh, Myron DemQ and the former chiefs James Ram- Raymer Mark Saunders and Bill Blair as defendants in the um, in the lawsuit and lest yeah. we forget lest we forget back in June 2022 the police actually had to publicly apologize for the disproportionate over policing of black citizens in Toronto. remember mm-hmm. that created created a whole kerfuffle because a lot of people are like, yo, fuck your apology." We've been Mm -hmm. saying this and you guys have been talking to us like we're crazy, gaslighting us back and all that stuff. And lest we forget, December 2018, when the Ontario Rights Watchdog report came out that, again, through statistics showed that Toronto's black citizens are disproportionately discriminated against by the police. So this lawsuit, to me, again, is just reinforcing what any black, indigenous, marginalized person knows that Toronto police disproportionately target people of color. So Mm -hmm. I just felt like this is really important. Again, just the big picture right now real quick is just that we have a lot of politicians and officials that will try to say that there's no such thing as systemic racism. Don't let them say that shit. Like someone like Pierre Polyev, unfortunately, who's, I think he's probably going up in the polls or whatever, he's gonna have a legitimate shot at being prime minister I don't want someone running this country that is not actually dealing in facts and can't even say that there's such a thing as systemic racism when we continuously see shit like this happening to someone like this poor girl who got ran through the system falsely accused of something she didn't do she didn't even know the people that they said she allegedly was uh hanging out with or whatever so Mm. okay that was really just the gist of that story but any thoughts from you guys first before we move on to the actual stuff we can talk about?
1: Um, I'm I'm glad that she's keeping up the fight. I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that I mean I should say I'm glad that uh, you are keeping up the fight and and making sure because I was saying uh, off the top like you have to continue keep keeping these stories in the public eye because they'll yeah. find a way to spin it and re and reintroduce it that policy later on. So. It's, it's insidious. It's, it, you know, it's not... Uh, I don't put anything past the police. What's the uh, yes.
2: black activist name again? Desmond something. I think Desmond Cole. Desmond yeah. Cole. Yeah. The yeah. very first time I ever heard of him or even saw his picture was on the cover of Toronto Life when he was talking about getting carded by police. And mm-hmm. that's actually what brought my attention to it in terms of how bad it is in the city. If it doesn't happen to you, you can be oblivious to it. Right. But I've had friends... Who have been randomly stopped by cops and oh so where are you going to what's your name do you have id on you and it's like you're you're in that puts you in a weird space where it's like you can you know defend your rights and say you have no right to ask me for anything i haven't committed any crimes but now you're potentially you know incurring the wrath of a police officer which you don't want to do you know what i mean like it really puts you in a terrible space and it shouldn't should never be happening in the first place in the city unless you're going to be able to do it Fairly across the board, and it, you're not going to find 60% of black citizens are stopped as opposed to 30% of white citizens. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just do away with it altogether. And anybody that's arguing for carding, because you will hear people say, if you didn't commit any problems or you didn't commit any crimes, you shouldn't have any concern or issue about giving the police your identification. Like, you shouldn't have anything to hide. Fuck you. Like, anyways, I don't know. Thoughts before I move on. No, well, well,
1: no, no, go ahead, Nina.
0: I just think it's like, uh, well, yeah, it's fucked up, and that, like, that's I think that's traumatizing for her, especially to lose her job over that. Like, it's ridiculous because also I think it says something when the fact that she moved to America because of that situation, like, yeah. she did, wasn't comfortable with the police here. That's crazy. I mean, yeah, but I mean, I. I feel like it's going to be worse over there but like it's still fucked <laughs> she, up. So where, like, she, where do you she recommend to, she move to honestly there's nowhere else <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say vancouver but there's no black people there so then you're just gonna stand out and then it's like edmonton calgary those places are no good um montreal
2: maybe <laughs> would she be safer in montreal
0: maybe maybe there's a big somalian population in montreal yeah so maybe yeah. I, don't, I, I don't so know.
2: montreal would have been better than going to the states you think
0: Nah, Montreal's racist though too. It's Quebec.
2: <laughs> I don't know.
0: No, there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to go.
2: Where would you go, solitaire?
0: I personally would. You know what? I would just go to New York. Did he? Get- <laughs> Never mind. She made the right choice.
1: Yeah. Okay. Where would I go? So, uh, you know, you made you, you when you said New York, you, you definitely changed the game because I was going to think somewhere like like Montreal or or Halifax. But uh, Miami, now that you said New York, maybe I'll go to Miami. Mm.
0: Miami too, yeah.
2: I don't no. think the police are probably any better in Miami either. To be yeah, I don't
1: they're, to they're, either. they're not going be to be good anywhere.
2: Okay. Anyways, let's move on to this other story because this is what I wanted to talk to you guys about. I just wanted to bring that story up. That story's old again, but it was like months ago. But I still feel like it's not going to be resolved for a while. But I just feel like it's something that should be talked about because, again, I don't want politicians to be able to get away with like denying something that's obvious in terms of the existence of systemic racism. But anyways, moving on now. So this article from this guy, Alex Mahone, or Mahon or Mahan of the uh, Fortune magazine, the title of this article was Gen Z can't work with people with different views. And they had a wall block on it for um that fortune magazine so i got it off of yahoo finance so i just want to credit ariana rosa royal (laughs) for doing god's work online okay so the premise of the story basically is that gen z can't work alongside people with different views because they haven't gotten the skills to disagree says a british tv boss a channel four whoever the channel four ceo boss is that's the person who said this and i just want to ask you guys right off the top what are your thoughts just from hearing this do you does it like yeah it makes sense to me i think so like or it's what are your thoughts
0: um yeah my sisters are examples of this okay like they like they they are you asking is it wrong or are you asking so does i happen?
2: i can even ask you the question as well too like they're saying that Gen, Z pe- Gen Zers, whatever, can't work alongside people that have different views of them. Um, they have little tolerance for people with beliefs that they disagree with. Um, and this study apparently showed that the respondents feel very little tolerance for people that they have disagreements with. Nearly half agree that some people deserve to be canceled. Now, Channel 4 CEO Alex Mahone complained that the youngest generation to enter the workforce doesn't have the skills to debate, disagree or work alongside people with different opinions yeah so what do you think
0: well i agree i've seen it firsthand in my household okay my sisters do not have the ability to disagree it's like it's just like instead of being like okay we just have different thoughts it's like no like i'm right like it's just very much like
2: so you agree with it
0: yeah i agree with it i agree with it yeah
2: what do you say solitaire
1: I don't. I haven't had enough experience working, I guess, in that capacity with Gen Xers to to say that for Gen sure. Zers. But it doesn't. Gen sorry, Gen Zers. Sorry, Gen Zers, sorry, and Gen Gen Zers, Zers.
2: again are the, they? Basically, categorize it as people born between ninety seven and twenty twelve.
1: Yeah. Um. The I guess the generation of Gen Zers that I've worked with are more so artists, and I I think that they're the difference in that generation as far as like it's more so in in the way that they work and the expectations of of being you know receiving acknowledgement and and receiving accolades and being rewarded for the work quote unquote that they put in mm-hmm. so this this attribute doesn't surprise me because there there's a lot of uh, you know, with social media and just the way yeah. that they engage uh, they engage in public discourse. The way he elaborated is, it...
2: on his choice there, I'll just read his quote. He said, yes. we're seeing with young people who come into the workplace, Gen Z, particularly post-pandemic, with this concentration of short-form content, blaming social media being, is that they haven't got the skills to debate things. They haven't got the skills to discuss things. They haven't got the skills to disagree. So he's basically blaming it on, I guess, they're consuming a lot of short form content and people are also saying that they're living in their own bubbles. So mm-hmm. if they encounter someone with a different opinion of theirs, they don't have any way of dealing with that. So just overall. So you agree with that as well?
1: I mean, I, I, I mean, I, again, I, I don't have personal experience enough to say for sure, but it, it sounds, it sounds par for the course from what I, from what I can tell so, my experience well, with, with young artists. What are you going to yeah,
0: say? I, And even for me, okay, so, like, I'm, like, I'm kind of on the cusp of millennial and Gen Z because I'm 95. So, like, but for me, I don't watch anyone who sends me a TikTok video or, (laughs) sorry, Solly, even your reels that you send us sometimes. (laughs) If I see it has the thing to scroll, I'm not watching it. Like if it if it's not 15 seconds or less, I'm not watching it. Like my friend on Twitter sometimes will send me two and a half minute videos, and I'm like, "Are you nuts? Right. What do you think I'm sitting here doing?" <laughs> like, right, but I'll just fast forward to the end to find out what happened. Okay, you know, but,
1: you could just save it for later on to watch it when you have time. But that's the I thing; that.
0: I don't even I don't care to. Like I'll just look at it, and I'm like,
2: "Okay, so ah. so you're the queen of taking in short form content, right? Like yeah, you're the yeah. the empress of it." So. Here's the thing, though. Do you feel like that's affected you in terms of you being able to not dis- not be able to have disagreements and engagement debating with people? Do you think it's affected your ability to be tolerant of someone with different beliefs than you?
0: Nah, we're on a podcast. We have different beliefs sometimes. Not
2: really. No, we don't. We all All pretty much have the same beliefs and values on this show, unfortunately. Well, not unfortunately, but I'm just saying.
0: But, but, okay, sometimes I do get really angry when I disagree with people. But, like, I think – I don't think that has necessarily affected it. Okay. I think I've just always been like that.
2: Okay, so let me tell you. So when I saw this right off the top, before I even read the article and I just saw this headline, I was like, bullshit. I call bullshit immediately on this. (laughs) and here's I and I'll tell you why now exactly because the first thing I thought was well what are the beliefs that they're being intolerant of we're li- right now the gen zers at least I think they they're trying to navigate probably one of the hardest societies to ever have to navigate through and they're more aware of world issues more than any generation that's come before them so maybe that's true. maybe they don't have the tolerance to be working with someone that has racist views. Like I was like, "So what are the beliefs? They don't even say, well, what are the disagreements that they're saying they're intolerant of?" That's mm-hmm. the that's the first thing I thought of. I was like, "No, you got to give me more than that." I'm going to read some of the comments now from this article of what people said, and I just feel like people are just jumping to assumptions that they're incapable of arguing. I think they're very capable of arguing. I think a lot of young people, I've seen a lot of smart people on TikTok talking about complex issues. And all that stuff. I don't think it's a case that they don't have the skills to disagree or debate. I think they're not gonna work in a place or an environment where the guy next to them doesn't believe that BLM should be a thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, maybe this is what Gen Zers are disagreeing with and saying they're not tolerant of. If a guy's like, Yeah, oh, I was just, you guys want to talk about that Andrew Tate video I watched last night because they're all in the lunchroom talking about, Oh, yeah, all you women should be in the kitchen. Like, if a Gen Zer is working with a guy like that and they're like, Yo, I'm not working with this guy.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess that's true, yeah.
1: Okay, maybe you have a point there, Fox. Maybe you have a point. They didn't say
2: anything about what the disagreements are that these Gen Zers are saying are intolerant of to the fact that they're actually saying, too, some people deserve to be cancelled.
1: Goddamn right some
2: people deserve to be cancelled. So I'm like, yo, don't give me more.
0: I think think what it is is Gen Z sticks up for themselves more, which I think is good. It's not necessarily a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. Um, I think for me, when I when I heard the disagreement thing, I just immediately thought of my sisters and when we disagree on something and how they act.
2: I think people are expecting this new generation to be tolerant of a lot of bullshit that happened in the workplace that people just turned a side eye to, to keep a job and have a paycheck.
0: And not even that, but even when you, if you want to bring it back, even to like family relations, I think I see this a lot in families. Like you're, I don't know about you guys, but like I know for like, in my culture it's like oh you should go to this person's wedding even though you don't know them or you should go like all that traditional
2: stuff they're not
0: but that's what i'm saying and that's that's what i'm like the older generation is still like pushing that and then it's like the younger generation like my parents i'm the only one who's ever asked to go to that stuff they don't ask my sisters because they know my sisters are gonna flat out say no but me i'm the one who gets suckered into it right and it's like (laughs) the older generation is not accepting of like I don't want to go because, I don't know, I don't feel good today or, or you know, my mental health is off or something. They don't believe in or accept that versus the younger generation is very much like, no, if you don't like this family member or you can't, you're not feeling well today, like, you do not have to go. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know? So I think that's, like, a, a big thing, too. And that's what I'm, I'm saying. Standing like, up for myself.
2: I, I've been <laughs> seeing so many different articles that they're always, I feel like Gen Zers are an easy target for people to shit on. And make fun of or whatever. And when I see articles like this, I'm like, yeah, you're, you're not really going into any details about what it is that they're saying they're intolerant of. Because, like, I, like we see it all the time. You could be working with some guy and he's going to be rattling off all these things that he thinks about or what he feels about. And someone would be like, no, I don't agree with you. I'm going to read mm. you some of the quotes or some of the comments now off of this um, article now and you tell me what you think about if you agree with what the person's saying so this person says the problem is the younger generation don't realize or refuse to accept that as an employee they do not have the power or say to tell the owner or boss how they are going to work younger workers think their opinion matters far more than it actually does
1: (laughs) do you guys agree (laughs) with
2: that or no Uh,
0: it depends So so
2: you're supposed to be happy for the job that you have and not have an opinion and just do what you're told
0: I think it depends on what they're saying about how they work. Like, are you saying, or did you apply to a nine to five? And then you're going to say, oh, I'm actually going to work 12 to eight instead. Or does this, does this come into effect when we're talking about how the processes behind how you actually get your work done? Are you being more innovative? Are you being more efficient? Because if that's the case, then that's fine. Like you should be allowed to do that. But if it's one of the cases where you signed up for a nine to five and you're telling them, nah, I'm working 12 to eight. And it's like, no, you can't do that. Because everyone else is working 9 to 5 and you need to collaborate with your team. I don't have any problem
2: with someone saying how they want to work. It's up to you if you want to fire them. Fire them. But I don't think you should just take a job and just have to just be like a silent soldier and do whatever you're told.
0: But that's why I think it's important to know what you signed up for. What do you say, Solitaire?
1: I think that, you know, there is definitely an element of people who feel like their opinions matter more than they... <laughs> more than they should or they than they actually
2: do sort of yes i agree but at the same time what's the alternative that people are not to express their opinion
1: no 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 and i and again i think the way that you introduce the the idea that this is bullshit and that the this generation you know does have um, does have the right to kind of choose who they work with and stuff like that. I think it really depends on what it is that they're voicing their opinion about. Right. But if it's like, you know, I actually had this discussion too, and I maybe it does kind of relate to this conversation, but the whole idea of remote work versus going into the office and how, you know, a lot of workers nowadays are really,
0: pushing that.
1: Really pushing back on going into work because they feel like they're more effective working from home, I think that it's, it's not necessarily true. I think there there is actually important aspects, important social aspects that are good for businesses and are good actually for employees to go and be in the same work environment. So I think that there is a little bit of entitlement. I think there is That's... a little bit of, uh, you know, they're not really... You know, the, the work ethic is different. Let's just put it that I
2: way. I don't see. I disagree with that as well, too, because I've said this before. Okay, so that's fine. You want people to um, come into the office. It's good for the company. It's good for the work environment, all that stuff. So once they go out the door, are they not on company time? You're not getting paid until you walk through the doors or whatever the time is that you're are you getting subsidized for your gas? Are you getting paid extra now because you have to drive to work or take transit to get to work? Are they going to cover you for that? If they're covering all your travel expenses and you're actually getting paid the moment you step out the door, then okay, sure. But we know that's not the case. We know it's on your dime to get to work. It's on your dime to cover your gas costs to get to work when the alternative is you can stay home and do the same job. I don't know. I'm just saying there is an argument and I understand that whole team environment thing. It absolutely makes sense. I've seen it personally myself, but there's two sides to that coin.
1: Two sides, but again, the entitlement of workers kind of saying that they have the right to dictate how how they work. It's it's doesn't work that way. You can't you can't look for a job, expect to get paid. Yes, uh-huh. you are providing a skill, you're you're providing a service, and you're exchanging your time for money. But there are requirements that the employer does have. There are certain things that they can't say. I don't set. disagree.
2: I don't and you disagree. can
1: choose, you can choose to not want to work for it and say, well, I if that's your policy, then I'm not going to work there, but you can't yeah. say I need a job. And they say, this is how the job is to be done. Right. And then you're hemming and hawing about it. Then fire them. And I think. But that's again,
0: that's what I think also comes into, again, I think it goes back to like, look at what you're signing up for. Like my company that I work for actually does give us a subsidy for transportation, whether you're you taking Go That's transit a good company or then it's not a lot, but it's still something. Cause I don't know any other company who's actually getting that. Exactly. So like there are things that we actually get in my company that I'm like, yo, like sure. It's, it's only a hundred bucks, hey, but it's something. Let me like, read, you know,
2: let me read a couple more of these comments just to hear what you guys thoughts are, because I'm way over my time as it is already. But so again, comments about gen zers not wanting to work with people or being intolerant of other people with view different views or whatever not really surprising they grew up in an algorithm world where they are constantly fed their own viewpoint over and over again so when someone brings up a solid argument that perhaps their views are flawed they resort to name calling and virtue signaling critical thinking is becoming a thing of the past and that is incredibly scary
1: yeah i agree i do agree and, I, and and i think there's 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 obviously a lot of subjective nature mm-hmm. to having this conversation is there's a there's a lot of factors that were we're not even we don't have the time to go into but yeah 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 definitely a discussion to be had on that see
2: there was one more comment that i wanted to get to okay so this is the comment that i was like yo so this is where i can see this person doesn't realize what they're saying and i'm like this is might be an example of a Gen Zer working with this person. This person's the name is Elizabeth by the way. So, this was her comment and you, you pluck out the part where where you think you'll see where I'm coming from. The problem mm. is this. Oh, the problem is this is the first generation where disagreeing translates to dramatically opposed beliefs. In order to respect someone else's opinion, one has to throw out their entire belief system. Either one thinks LGBTQs do or do not have the right to fundament, the fundamental right to exist. Feminism and diversity are either empowering or toxic concepts. Religion should always or never dominate our lives and politics, cultural norms, yada, yada, yada. We're now seeing the result of this first generation raised this way. The part of this where I'm like, either one thinks LGBTQ do or do not have the right, the fundamental right to exist. So I'm like, so if you're working with someone who says he doesn't think that the LGBTQ people should exist, that that's might be a bridge too far, I think, for a general Zer that would want to work with someone like that.
1: I understand. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. I understand that. The, the other yeah. part,
2: too, where she's saying feminism and diversity are either empowering or toxic concepts. So... Someone working with someone who thinks diversity could possibly be a toxic concept, or I understand some people with feminism where they're like, there's toxic feminism and all that stuff, or whatever. So you can have your arguments back and forth on it. But again, I think as a Gen Zer, if you're someone young and you're working with someone that feels like diversity is a problem, do you like we're having a more of a generation of younger white kids? that are not going to put up with that kind of stuff. Not as much as it was back in the day. Racism is passed down from generation to generation. It's taught. I don't think it's something that you just grow up and you're racist. I think you have to be taught to be racist. You have to be, you know, grow up with racists, I guess, for the most part. And I feel Mm -hmm. like with every generation that passes, there's less and less. There are going to be more white kids that are going to be anti-racist. So... Gen Zers again, I don't think the argument is that they don't have the ability to disagree or the capability to disagree or debate people. I think they're just not going to tolerate things that Fuck were great. tolerated in the past.
1: <laughs>
2: I don't know. So I saw that and I called bullshit on it immediately, but I don't know. I just want to talk to you guys about it. So
1: I, I mean, I think that a high level and obviously, uh, you know, we're out of time on that. But yes, I think high level, I, I don't that. think that that's that is... A uh, study that's focused on Gen Z, yeah. But I don't think that any other generation is exempt from that. I think that is that that whole this whole polarization is affecting all generations, and it's more so because of our reliance on social, like where we get our information. That's kind of what I am saying off the top of the the show. It's like this idea of oh, I don't trust mainstream media for any information or updates. I curate my own news sources. Is probably more uh, a cause of this of the, these kind of conversations than right. specific than it being specific to a generation.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. I just again, I always feel like Gen Zers are just an easy target for people to shit on when they're a cha- they're changing the world. They're they're living in a the most dynamic time. Things are constantly in flux. We've had so many world events happen in the span of the last four years. Like, stop. Yeah shitting on them like seriously Anyways,
1: yeah i'm we'll gonna just stop shitting on anybody if you don't know you don't know what you don't know at yeah, the I end of the so. day so all right well thanks ready fox for taking us through that and now last but not least we are going to pass the floor the microphone over to no better nina or should we call her corporate nina we gotta we gotta update your name now <laughs> no or corporate nina uh, uh what was it not, no up, better not change but we gotta add we gotta nina add. 105 oh before... nina incorporated
0: Nina Incorporated. No. I like Nina
1: Incorporated. I like that. I just
0: do what I got to do for a paycheck, all right?
1: (laughs) Say less. All right. Well, Nina, what's going on? What's going on in the entertainment world?
0: Okay. So do we want to talk about Usher or we don't really need a review of the Drake concert? I just want
2: to know. Okay. It'll be quick.
0: Okay. It'll be quick.
2: Was the concert quick? Like, how long was it?
0: So... I'm not sure if in Vancouver they have, like, uh, maybe Solitaire will be able to speak to this. If they have, like, a curfew on how long you can perform till. Because <laughs> I swear in Toronto, like, most concerts end at 11. Like, they, they can't perform past 11. Um, but basically what had happened, he performed longer. He performed about two and a half hours from 9 till 11.30. That's pretty good. And, well, I think he did that because... at Of all the mess up the- with the... Yeah, so the day of the concert, it was supposed to be on the Monday, and I was at dinner downtown Vancouver, and then my uncle texted me, and my aunt, and was like, he sent us a link, and it was like, the concert is postponed, and this is 6.30 p.m., and the concert's supposed to start at 8 p.m., and it's like, this article just goes out, and I just get an email from the Rogers Arena, basically, there a safety concern, pretty much they installed a new scoreboard for the Canucks, and, um... <laughs> And then, um, and then it didn't have, it wasn't like safe or something. And all day, like people were just saying it was safe just so they could get the show on the road. And then an inspector (laughs) came in and was like, it's not safe. This can't, like, it's going to fall on him. So they were like, you can't do the show. So they postponed it till the Wednesday. Now I was supposed to actually leave on Wednesday. And so I'm like, let's go to the arena and figure out if we can talk to the box office and like, see what they can do. Because there's also a show on the Tuesday. The next day he was doing two shows. So I go, people are still coming to the arena. One couple's crossing the street with us. And we're like, you know, it's postponed, right? And they're like, no fucking way. Like, they were so (laughs) mad. I was like, at least we weren't those people driving there thinking it was still happening. Like, we had already known at that point. That would be horrible. Because a lot of people were still coming in. So... Uh, I called the box office. They're like, we are prioritizing people who flew in for the show. I'll put you on the list. They never called me back. I managed to fix, change my flight and leave on the Thursday instead. And, uh, I think that's why he did two and a half hours for us. He actually did say the arena tried to get him to cancel the show altogether. And he was like, I'm not doing that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's drake he always puts on i've been to i think this is my sixth or seventh time seeing him does he do a and mix you... of
2: like old stuff new stuff or is it he like did... all the newer stuff
0: yeah so the production on it is very it's it's good it, it's like it's he's telling a story he has that alike on stage it's like a, so he's the stage out... is
2: like showing images underneath him i guess and stuff
0: um yeah, yeah, yeah. Images underneath, um, and then like on the T V screen and then like you could sit anywhere for that concert and you'll be able to see. Like we were in the nosebleeds and we could see it was actually a better view than people on the floor because some people on the floor, the stage is bigger than them, so they can't you have to like look up, right? Mm. Um, but uh he performed he started out with Look What You've Done from Take Care and then he did some stuff from he did Over, he did um Take a Shot from Me.
1: Did he, did he do any songs from um uh, from that house album
0: he okay so he does like a 10 minute Dj or like a eight minute Dj break where he just goes and chills by the Dj takes a couple shots whatever and that's when they play some stuff from like the house album they played like the song massive and some,
1: exactly
0: oh. yeah they <laughs> kind of mixed it they kind so of so they used it in. the
2: music from that album as interlude music to give him a yes. break
0: yes exactly that's exactly what he did. Um, do you
2: still like that album
0: I, I, it's a good summertime vibe if i go on vacation stop somewhere it. in europe or something stop i'm bumping lying. that album
1: stop lying i'm not
0: kidding it grew on me it That's seriously grew on right. me
2: fair enough did, was like- there any songs that you wanted to hear that he did not perform
0: Oh gosh. Um I don't know. I I wasn't expecting anything to be on. To be honest, I wasn't even excited for the concert until the day of the concert because I've seen him so many times. Did he do so, City like, is me- City is Mine? No, but I do <laughs> I do want to go to the Toronto one because I think he's really going to take it back for us and obviously he's going to bring way more guests because Twenty One Savage can't come to Canada because of his whole immigration case going on in America. So he brings surprise <laughs> do i keep talking The song is so good he brings surprise guests to the canadian show so quebec he bought j cole for us he brought travis they're
1: gonna gonna, gonna stop it
0: they're gonna stop it oh yeah for us he brought travis scott and uh which like vancouver was just it was just so many like kids and like white kids who like didn't know drake's old stuff and then like travis scott comes out and they're all like raving and i'm like Come on. Like, why are you even here? But like, yeah, I'm going to find a way to go to the Toronto one. I'm manifesting. I'm going to win tickets or something. <laughs> I'm, so manif- so, manif- so wait a minute. You just said. YouTube. You yeah.
2: just said you've seen him six times already. And you're like, uh, it it's just... like my sixth time. But now you just came out your mouth and said, no, I'm going to try to get the those Toronto, Toronto, Toronto tickets.
0: Is be, the Toronto one is going to be crazy. I could tell you that so much. Like, you... Especially because he's like, I haven't been on tour in like five years or something. So he's like, you know, mm-hmm. it's going to be fun. I'm going to have FOMO that's don't listen that to, is don't listen, to, don't listen to don't listen
1: to ready fox it's it's gonna be a great that's concert. ridiculous it
0: is and i really really actually want to go i'm trying to figure out a way i can you go tickets. in vancouver yeah but it's vancouver was just vancouver you know it was just uh, just travis and we didn't get any of i think we would get like city is mine and all those old tracks from him like in toronto you know and yeah. we will get like Maybe we'll get future and like <laughs> Little Wayne. He'll probably bring Little Wayne. Like, come on. Okay. Right. But yeah, that was the concert. Okay. And yeah, it was cool. But um, anyways, so Usher is performing at the Super Bowl. Did you guys hear that? Yes. So Woo! they they made an announcement. Basically, it was Apple it was promoted on apple because i think it's sponsored by apple or whatever they made the announcement pretty much what it is it's like a skit of him doing confessions from the music video and then kim kardashian like cutting in and out like hey mm. you're performing at the super bowl and it was very like, no well way. done yeah um a lot of people were like oh it should have been kiki palmer excuse me who it, was on that because of all the hoorah that happened right. before that's yeah oh, nice. so they're like it shouldn't have been kim but kim has gone to his residency like a couple times like they they show it on the show i'm pretty so sure
2: it. they're probably friends
0: yeah well yeah so um anyways that happened it's also coinciding with an album that he's going to be dropping as well um i don't know the name of the album yeah, that's going to be
2: a dope show for sure well
0: he already said too, he's gonna bring he's planning on bringing tasteful stripper or tasteful stripper poles or something or pole dance tasteful pole dancers not strippers pole dancers pole Don't... dancers that's what it
2: is okay
0: yeah so Sounds... but I just think it's funny because remember there's this whole huge debate before oh he doesn't have enough hits to be on be at the Super Bowl Who blah, said blah, blah. that like do you think that but do you th- remember <laughs> there was a big debate do you think that, that was not a debate
2: ball? no that was not a debate. <laughs> Okay, let's be but clear the, about this.
0: It was a debate on Twitter between the people on Twitter. Solitaire,
2: can you please take t- take this? Please, Solitaire, handle I,
1: this. I, I don't even I don't even know if it's even worth the energy. Even me saying this is not even worth. I'm but, so obsessed. The lung power
2: it, to make the words is not worth. But do you think?
0: Do you think that debate had anything to do with him being like? Like, you know, because before that, we that didn't debate really... debate hear... had to do
2: with people not knowing music. That's what but that, do you debate, think that had...
0: debate had to... Like, do you think that debate brought the idea to the, to the Super Bowl halftime? People like, oh, no. shit, we should no, get him No, I shirt.
2: think if anything, it's just because he's been in the news more so with his Vegas residency and all the Kiki Palmer stuff or whatever. And because the Super Bowl, I think, is in Vegas, and he's been doing a Vegas residency. It, it is make... in Vegas. Yeah, so right, it makes yeah. sense that they picked him. But there's... I don't have patience for anybody that's trying to tell me that Usher shouldn't be performing at the Super Bowl because that's just that doesn't. Yeah,
0: I think it's going to be a good
2: th- a good show. You think, eh? You think? Well, oh, no, eh?
0: I know. I was on the side that yeah, he should be performing at the Super Bowl. He Solitaire man,
1: to talk good. to Nina, man.
0: I agreed <laughs> that he does.
1: I'm going to go down. I, yeah, I mean, I I I think Nina. I think Nina gets the gist of it. But I'll, I'll even. I'll, I I'm not a betting man, but I will go down right now and say that. He's gonna do one of the best
2: Super Bowl performances.
1: Super Bowl performances ever.
2: You guys are frustrating me. Okay, so are we wrapping up? Me too. I'm frustrated. No, no, no.
1: People, no. The general population of anybody
2: out there that's trying to have this—it's not an argument.
1: No, it's not. It's not not really.
2: It's really not um and,
1: yeah. any, and anybody who says anything different is just like you, you he, here's it's almost like people who say oh hove is whack i just be like okay okay yeah all right cool okay. all right
0: all right <laughs> um, then
2: nina are you wrapping up sp- um music because i do have a bit of sports to talk
0: yeah go ahead go ahead i'm 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 done guys sorry my schedule this week everybody is very all over the place so i am uh yeah more ne- tired than usual if yeah it's possible.
2: nina's been life in quite a bit but <laughs> Um, I just wanted I'm going to start talking sports again with the Raptors season coming up now. <laughs> because bruv.
1: <laughs> You're excited, eh?
2: This is the season. This is the season to watch the Raptors and have some fun. So the season training camp starts after this weekend. Thank God the Damian Lillard stuff has finally been put to bed. Today actually it was announced that he's been traded to the Milwaukee Bucks. They traded Drew Holiday. Phoenix was involved. Deandre Ayton wound up going to I think um Portland. I'm not sure, but Milwaukee got Dame Lillard now, so he's paired up with Giannis and Chris Middleton. I don't know if they're going to be able to win it all. People are already automatically saying that they're the favorites to win everything now or at least come out of the East. And I'm assuming everyone's probably picking Phoenix in the West because it's Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, so and they did shore up their team a bit today with that trade as well. So but screw all those people. They're talking about <laughs> the Raptors right now. Rapties. So, Rapties. So the Vegas odds had them at 36 and a half wins. Last year, they went 41 and 41. Vegas odds has them at the over and under for 36 and a half games. I'm putting money down. <laughs> I am betting that they are going over 36 and a half games. Nina Solitaire, what do you think? Over under 36 and a half games for the Raptors this year. Definitely. 36 and a half wins? Yeah, that's what the biggest odds are for the, How the coming many games up season. Is there?
0: 82 How many games. games. 82? Oh, yeah. I'm going to say over.
2: Okay. What do you say, Solitaire? You think that's going to be over?
1: over? Definitely over. What's wrong okay. with these guys? So
2: we're all picking over. I actually put money down on it. I'm not joking.
1: <clears throat> all wow, right, gambling man. Yeah, I'm feel? only
2: gambling for the Raptors, and historically, Vegas odds have always predicted. They just—it's just this historical line-stepping disrespect thing that happens from media in general towards the Raptors, but also the Vegas odds. They've only correctly predicted the Raptors win total, whatever range, one year, and that was the um, year that they were in the on Tampa. They were all road games or whatever, so they actually went under what they were projected to win. But every other year, they've always gone over every year. They always pick them like 35 wins and they have 50 wins that season. So I'm definitely betting. That's an easy bet. That's light work money. So now I agree. ESPN, they pick the Raptors to finish 12th in the East, 12th in the East, you guys. So I'll ask you guys. How many you, teams in the East? Um, I guess maybe 14 or 15 oh. teams. Something like that. Fifteen teams. I think there's thirty teams in the league. Basically,
1: teams. it's a, basically it's a disrespect.
2: Yeah, it's a hard disrespect. So, what, do you, what do you guys do? You think just do you think that's about right? Do you think they'll finish twelfth? If you had I... to guess, you don't know much about the Raptors. Just take a guess. What do you think they'll finish around? We'll come back to your predictions at the end of the season just to see how close you came.
0: I think they're gonna finish seventh.
2: Seventh place. Okay, so they're going to be in the play-in as far as you are concerned. But I need
0: to know, I need to know I don't, uh, who's on our team now. I don't know.
2: <laughs> That's okay. Don't worry. I'll, I'll give you more information <laughs> about the team later, and then you can right. change your predictions down the road. We've got a long okay. way to go. So as you learn more about the team, then maybe you'll say, oh, no, now I think they're going to finish so-and-so. But for okay. now, you're going to go seventh, Nina? Yep. Okay, Solitaire, what do you think the Raptors will finish in the East?
1: Uh, I'll I'll go with uh, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with fifth
2: fifth nice
1: okay I'm gonna go with fifth (laughs) just because I want to be I want them to be better than what Nina thinks they're gonna be you guys will get an opportunity
2: to change your answers later on too I actually do uh, think around fifth place as well too to be honest with you yeah man god damn it Leroy Okay, so there we go. Fifth place there. So written down. Leroy's the right fourth
0: member of our podcast, everybody. Pardon? I said Leroy's the for- fourth <laughs> member of our podcast. Sure.
2: So opening night um, is the October 25th. 25th. It'll be a home game against the Minnesota Timberwolves. That team has, um, uh, what's his name? Anthony Edwards there. Nina. Carl Anthony
0: him. Towns. Isn't he on the Oh, yes, he's on
2: the Timberwolves too. Nice, Nina. Excellent so there you, you go You
0: watch basketball for other reasons right
2: yes yes, yes we know. yeah uh, nina so has certain people i know yeah nina likes the tall ones so um <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and this year's the first annual nba in-season tournament they're trying to do things to make the uh regular season games matter a bit more there are actual consequences for this tournament and i do believe a lot of money is on the line which is always motivation for the players so um the tournament opens i forget what the group is i'll give you guys more details on the next podcast but the raptors open group play on friday november 17th against the boston celtics at Scotiabank. so yeah Uh, that's Mm. it for now but um i'm gonna be talking raptors all um all season
1: all season long return of uh hashtag sports
2: yeah yeah or at least hashtag raptors so
1: hashtag raptors not hashtag argos Hashtag leafs. No?
2: Argos. <laughs> Forget
0: the leafs. Where's the sound
2: don't effect for laughing? There we go.
1: <laughs> don't disrespect the Argos, ready Fox.
2: I disrespect Dis- the I... CFL in general.
1: No, no, we don't accept CFL slander around here.
2: Sure, sure. We don't. Shouts
1: out to our shouts out to the fellow athletes that <laughs> uh at, uh that are playing for the uh, for the Argonauts this year. All right, well that, that's our episode for this uh for this week. We actually did pretty good on time. Not
2: All things quite. considered, yeah, I feel yeah, we, like
0: I've been sitting here for five hours. No,
2: we we're way over our time. We usually <laughs> are about an hour and a half, and right now we're sitting at um an hour thirty-five. Oh.
1: Yeah, that's not bad. That's what I'm saying. All things considered, we did a long, long ass introduction, but we got through most of the stories that we wanted to talk about. So mm-hmm. it was it was a good first episode back. We weren't as rusty as I thought it as I thought we would be. So that's good. But um, on behalf of course of DJ, Reddy Fox and Corporate No Better Nina uh that's our episode for this oh, week well next
2: week or the next podcast episode we should have the heightened chef as a guest on the show Excellent. and he's like a cannabis infused chef whatever he puts cannabis in the food obviously and i do believe he has an event coming up soon which we'll probably plug on that show as well too so um we- and we're gonna be
0: cooking live on the episode
2: yes we're gonna be cooking <laughs> and getting high live on the episode yeah
0: not me though not me though
2: no nina's a good girl
0: i'm allergic okay I think that's what it is. Let's ask him.
2: We'll find out. You're allergic to weed?
0: You actually can be allergic. My symptoms are for people who are allergic. Sucks to be you. Mm, I guess. I guess they'll drink alcohol. Anyways, let's go. Good night. Yeah,
1: we're going to find that out in a couple weeks when we record that podcast, so appreciate that, and uh, y'all have a great week. Talk to y'all soon. Peace.